Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Good morning. How are you? Good. The sun is shining. Oh, I know. It's a happy day for us when the sun is out, eh? It is. We're such sun babies. If anyone doesn't know that about us, we can't even take it. Summer. Why do we live in Canada where we have only like two months of summer? I know. So we're literally like crazy people. Yeah. We we have to eat outside. (laughs) We have any paperwork. We do it outside. (laughs) If I have to be inside for an event and it's sunny. Oh, I just want to lose my mind. You're grumpy. I'm you grumpy. actually get actually grumpy. I actually have mood swings. <laughs> I my family makes fun of me all the time. What's it, it called? Seasonal effect affective disorder. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I actually I, it's a real thing, Rhonda. It it is. I probably need help. But no, people don't believe it. But when they know us, yeah, in our close circle, I I, I actually yeah. will avert anything on a sunny afternoon on the weekend. <laughs> Like, sorry, I'm busy. I'm busy. Don't call me. I'm literally in the pool or sun tanning. Oh, that's hilarious. I know. I know. If you saw a picture of us right now, we're so brown. We're so brown. (laughs) We actually look a little too brown. I don't know. Our faces are a little too tan. I don't know. Well, how's your week going? What's going on? It's going good. You know, to be honest, I am so tired. Really? You know what it is? I think because I have kids in sports and I feel like we're getting near the end of a season, I said to Jay, I'm like, I, those, anyone listening has got kids in competitive sports, at the end, I am so tired. Like, right. every night, I just want to go home. Yeah. But you know the driving? Oh, so gosh. this week, I just feel, I said, Jay, I'm just done. Like, I'm coming near the end. Yeah. That I cannot wait till August. Yeah. Where we literally have, like, we don't have to be out five nights a week driving oh. somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh gosh. my gosh. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not complaining. I know. That's, that's like, such a... Uh, like a money but when I'm actually being honest how I feel I'm actually a little tired yeah but with the sun yeah I mean that makes me feel better right away I'm fine <laughs> really I can I'm cope fine. I can cope with it the sun is here I just want to be selfish and yeah. sit in my backyard and yeah. not be in my car for like hours oh yeah I it hear is, you it's a good problem it's a good thing I hear you though my summer is not like any other summer I've had before with now I have two teenagers driving but they also have full-time jobs, so they're taking the car. And so we're, like, having to make do with one, which is, like, I, that sounds really – but anyways, we're, you know, it's just a constant, like, communication of where are you going, when are you going to be back, who needs a car, da 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 da, da all this stuff. And then, um, and then I have one in summer school, so it's dri- so the the driving didn't end. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. The routine is still in full swing. And then on top of that, we uh, bring our Albina's here, our summer daughter who comes from Belarus, and so she's in the house now too. And it's honestly crazy. It's the craziest summer I've ever had. I I literally felt God say to me at the beginning of May. Make a big dinner every single night because your table is going to be full. And I was like, oh, okay. Coming off a year where I never knew who was going to be home for dinner because they were at college and school and working, all these different things. But um, starting May, it was actually true. Like God told me, he warned me <laughs> and to have a, have a big meal ready and every single night. And I'm not joking. Almost every night I'm feeding, like there's six in my immediate family. I'm feeding 
anywhere from seven to 14 people every single night for dinner. And I have this extendable table that I can pull out and extend. And every night the table is extended and extra chairs are brought to the table because there's so many people having dinner at our house. So it's insane. Lord, that's amazing. Okay, your Facebook post this week made me laugh so hard. But oh, also it was gosh. such an authentic moment as a parent <laughs> to see like you getting up in the morning. And the comments of all the parents, so those who haven't seen it, it was a picture of you wanting to spend time with the Lord, getting up early, coming down the stairs, and your kitchen is a disaster from the teenagers the night before that when you're in bed. I was in bed. That all happened like at 11, 12 o'clock at night and later. It's crazy. I know. I found out the next day, which I didn't even post because I didn't know when I posted that, that there was a group of, uh, one of my boys had brought a group of five of his friends over at midnight. They all went to the basement and they hung out till 2.30 in the morning. And I, I didn't even know I was sleeping. Like, oh my, well, I loved how authentic you were. And the funny part of your post is all the arrows of like <laughs> describing like, like wet clothes on the counter, you grated know, cheese, left it all night, the toaster, the blender. And then it just showed that you, in that moment, chose simply to say, I'm still going to have my time with God and not let this get to me. But I just love oh. that authentic post. And then all the people's posts, it's hilarious. Everyone's like, been there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Happened to me today, too. And we all identify with that. It's so crazy. So funny. So funny. Well, anyways, anyways podcast for today. Yeah. exciting. We get to chat again. I know. I just love our times together. It really is so bonding. And I feel like I'm bonding to so many people we... I, you know, at church, when we see people yeah, on Sunday, they're like, yeah. listen, I was listening to you. I feel like I'm bonding to people in a, a really unique way. So I love this podcast so for fun. us bonding and bonding with all these yeah. women in our lives Yeah, that we may not be able to do this on a regular basis. With. I love it. But what we're really excited about is that as a church, we're planning for revival days. Yeah. I, I am so excited. Oh my gosh, me too. And I think what I'm so excited about is it's just not our staff coming up with these ideas. It's actually been the youth that have been begging us to do revival nights. Like my kids are watching old VHS, like old tapes. Wow. From like Brownsville. Wow. From all these revivals they're reading up. They're like, why can't we have these services? Wow. And they've been pulling on wow. our staff, like talking about it. So, I mean, you and Jay were right on that to say, let's do it. Let's just yeah. have these revival services. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have three nights at the end of August woo! of revival services consecutive three days. It'll start with a prayer meeting, then three days of services, and then into the Sunday service. So really a five-day stint of just, you know, connecting with God, um, receiving from God, experiencing the presence of God, pursuing um, healing and freedom and, you know, just all in worship and we're bringing in guest speakers. It's going to be, it's going to be unreal. It's going to be unreal. And secretly, like our kids are hoping that it, it just, it keeps going. Revival breaks out <laughs> and we can't stop and we have to have services continuously forever. I know V's been calling out 120 days. Oh, she keeps saying that. Oh I'm my, like, oh my goodness. Me. She's like a hundred and day, 120 days ablaze. Can you imagine keep saying 100 days, 100 days. days of services. It'll take yes. straight till Christmas. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're ready. We're ready. Oh, but it really does. Yeah. When you have this time set apart, you know, it started, we were talking about what we're going to talk about the podcast today, what would, would be a great thing to discuss. And we started talking about supernatural experiences with God. And that's what revival services are. It's coming 
to say, God, yes, I love you. I live by faith and I live a life that's devoted with Bible reading and prayer and community, but I'm coming expecting for something supernatural to happen in my life. And when we've talked about supernatural experiences, they've been moments in our life, definitely not every day, but those moments that have changed us. They've been pivotal. Yeah. They've transformed us. And we've had those experiences in our faith journey. So we want to kind of unpack a few of those experiences we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we, uh, like a question that's coming to mind is how do you take, so there's experiences, encounters with God that impact your faith and your faith journey. And then there's just the everyday. Contrast those for a minute, just for yourself. How have the kind of the highs, the supernatural experiences that are really sometimes inexplainable, really what happens, and then just the everyday faithful pursuing of God and your relationship with God, how do they, how do they come together for you? I know, and it's, if I, I, the only analogy I could use, and I know this may not relate to everyone that's listening, when I think about marriage, it reminds me of that. Like I think of Jane and I's relationship, definitely there's been like when we first met, our marriage, birth of children, you know, these moments where there's just, there's just this, I look at Jay and I'm thinking, oh, he's so handsome. I love him. You're just, there's just these moments of like, I don't know how to describe it, but you're just so in love. Like you, you feel have it. Exactly. It's an actual physical feeling. Tangible. Tangible feeling. Okay. Okay. But that is not my marriage. It's not my, but it's a choice of friendship and relationship right. that we build on. And that's how I kind of feel like it works with God. Those okay. moments are like those physical, actual, right. physical experiences that literally are physical. You feel it in your spirit. It's right. something you can't even explain. But my everyday walking with God is that deep devotion right. and friendship and relationship. Right. So I guess that's the best way that I can bring that. And those moments, you don't live in those, those moments of the highs. You actually mostly live in the moments of the relationship. But those highs deepen and I think solidify the walking out of your journey, of right? Your relationship. Right. You, how would That's you? That's a really it? good. That, that, I think that is a really good explanation. You know, I just read the scripture recently in John about how you know Jesus prayed for us to be one, one with the Father, and the only other example of oneness we see in the scripture is marriage. That you know, flesh, uh, you know, that you come together as one, um, and so I think that really is a good analogy about how our relationship with God and the oneness happens. And in the beginning, um, or out of a supernatural encounter experience with the presence of God, there is this like this butterflies, this almost this infatuation, this bit of a high of like, oh my, like shock and awe of what God has done or what you felt or what you've experienced. But then the it does wear off in the sense that you can't stay in that plane or in that feeling all the time, or you can't base your relationship with God on that feeling, just like you can't base your marriage on how in love I feel. That yes, every single day yes. I wake up and I choose to love because I want to have this life and because I've chosen to commit my life and to be one with this man who I love. So every single day, and some days that's easier than other days. Some days, you know, you're upset about something or frustrated or even in our relationship with God, sometimes things don't go the way that we had thought that they would. And so we have these frustrations or disappointments or um, these obstacles that we just, we can't reconcile. How could God allow me to go through mm -hmm. this? And so 
there is this just like line upon line being faithful in our relationship with God, faithful to continue to read his word, faithful to continue to be obedient to what he is telling us to do, faithful to, you know, continue to meet him in prayer. Um, but the highs really are these like beautiful moments of, um, oh, what's the word? Like when you're, when you're, uh, they motivate, mm -hmm. they, mo they're, they're these like huge motivators for continuing to press on, continuing to press in for what God has. And I almost feel it's like, this sounds really cheesy, but it feels like it's like a kiss from heaven. Yeah. It's almost like it just, it, it's so it's unbelievable those yeah. moments and like we want to unpack a few of those in our yeah. lives that started young yeah what what would be like the first one in your memory the first one in my memory i would be about eight years old wow and that was when we were together at kids camp okay so we used to go to a camp Lori and i when we were a little called brayside and our church would take all of our sunday school to this camp and they would rent the camp and it I remember the night speak revival services. I remember as a little person speaking in tongues, learning, like having the gift of the Holy Spirit when I was eight years old at the altar wow. with my camp counselor praying over me. I remember Kleenex boxes and dirty Kleenexes of kids <laughs> yeah. bawling on yeah. their faces. We're talking yeah. like six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten yeah. year olds till early in the morning. Yeah, I remember. Early. Do you remember that? I too? do. I remember it. It was unbelievable. Like, it was unbelievable, some of those moments. I remember kids being so, so filled with the Holy Spirit that they it didn't lift off them. And they didn't even physically know what to do with their bodies or how to respond to that. And nobody... They hadn't seen this anywhere. It's not like it's not like they were copying something they'd seen. We didn't. We had never seen this. We had never experienced it anywhere. We weren't experiencing it at church on Sundays. Like we had never seen it on TV. We so it was just this purely like authentic expression of a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives in the purest form in children. It was so so powerful. I can remember as a young girl, you know, um, watching this happen. And for me, going to camp year after year, I started at seven years old, going to camp and year after year after year, and I never, ever had an encounter. Yeah. And I watched it and I watched it and I watched it happen to everybody else. And I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit and I wasn't, and I didn't, I didn't feel any of that. I didn't, you know, I probably, I would imagine that sometimes I would have cried at the altar, you know, just out of the emotional experience, but I never Ha and I remember feeling like, why? Like, why not me? What's wrong with me? Or why am I not receiving from God? Even as a young girl, like I see this happening all around and why, why am I not feeling it? And I remember when I was 12 or 13, like I was at the very end of my camp age. I couldn't go to camp anymore after that. Um, I remember the pastor's wife, Lenora Council. I can't even believe that they were there, but it was Lenora Council um, John Council's wife, she laid her hands on me and prayed for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, I was filled. I was finally filled. And I know it sounds, it sounds crazy to say I was filled at 12 years old, but it felt like forever. But I'd literally been seeking God in my own childlike way for five or six years, like seeking, 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 and nothing. And literally this moment was the moment. And I remember, I remember actually feeling exactly what the book of Acts says. You will be filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I, I felt this empowerment in my spirit that I had never experienced in my life before that. 
And I remember going back into my life and my school and I had, I was compelled to tell everyone about Jesus. I just couldn't not. I had to. I had to. Something overcame me. And I just, I felt that empowerment that came with the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. Oh, yes. And I, I love that you share that it took you, like, I know it seems so funny, like, till I was 12. <laughs> but still, like, no. five years. Like, think of that. Five years. And how many of us can relate to that? We we're praying for something something. And we're praying with somebody and they, whether yeah. they get the gift of the Holy Spirit or something supernatural happens for them, they think, why not me, God? But there is something in that process, as we've talked about before, that God is about the process. And it looks different for all of us how that process is and what we need at the time. And I identify completely when you talk about empowerment because I was filled I went to camp at grade at seven, but at eight is when I was filled at the altar. And I remember it was my camp counselor prayed over me. And like you said, we hadn't seen this. And even thinking back to it, it was almost like every camp was supernatural, but we didn't actually have a church that <gasps> we actually experienced that. Not at all. It's kind of weird. Like when yeah. I'm actually thinking about it, I we didn't we went to camp, we came back, and we didn't really have that experience in our Not everyday in our Sunday, Sunday school. school. No. No. But just at camp. I know. But we went hungry. Hungry. Like all of us, like as little people, we're like, this is going to be our time with God. Yeah. And I feel like the revival services, that's where we're sensing. We come with an anticipation. It's just a beautiful thing what God does with that. But going back to the empowerment, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit that night at age eight, I had to be almost carried back to my, my trailer. Wow. And I shook in my top bunk. I remember this till late. Like it must have been like oh. one or two at night. Shaking in my bunk, I could not stop speaking in the Holy Spirit. Oh and my god. Could not goodness. stop. And the words, it was like it wouldn't just stop. Flowing. Flowing. It wasn't even something. And I was trying not to. I remember as a little person being in my bed, like, I'm gonna wake everybody up. It was just coming out of me, this like this power and this feeling of the Holy Spirit that physically was shaking my body at eight years old. And nobody was telling me I was by myself in the dark, and I literally oh. fell asleep, shaking, speaking in tongues. And so we talk about empowerment, even in my life now, I've gone, when I don't know what to pray, or I pray in the Holy Spirit often, there is something that feels very different when I pray in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You're yeah. tapping into something that is beyond what you're able to do on your own. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's exactly how it feels for me too. And, and I, and I find myself throughout the day and, and it's really almost like I almost feel like I don't think about it it just comes on when I need it and I just I just start to sometimes it's under my breath if I'm out in public or out around a lot of people it'll just be under my breath but I just if I feel like I literally just need to pull I need something like I'm pulling on something I need to pray through something I there's something that I can't in my natural do anything about it's it's a go-to. It's an automatic go-to. And there is, there is this connection with the Holy Spirit that happens in that moment that you feel like, okay, I know the Holy Spirit's at work. I know he's working. He's working on my behalf. He's working on behalf of this, you know, God's will is being done as I pray through this. So yeah, I get, I totally get that. I, yeah, totally get I love that. that empowerment feeling. And I've, I've even found as I've grown older, my, my tongues, as we call it, speaking in tongues has changed. And I do find sometimes when I pray too, there's certain times it, it actually changes. Interesting. And you can just see like it's what I'm praying into. We don't always know what we're praying, but yeah. you're exactly what you say. You feel this power and you're knowing you're tapping into something like a pure power source that um, 
is just praying through. And so yeah. it's just really neat to yeah. see even the evolution yeah. of how the Holy Spirit has even worked that out, that gifting in my life and how it's, it's yeah. even changed. Yeah. And the scriptures tell us that, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes with speaking in tongues is, you know, one of the spirit, one of many spiritual gifts that is, that anybody can have. Anybody. And so, you know, it's, it's really just a matter of praying and asking the Holy Spirit to fill you with the gift of tongues and fill you, um, and, and just, and then receiving. And I, and I find for a lot of adults, you know, when I pray for people who want to be filled with the spirit for a lot of adults, you know, as children, we're kind of this pure and we're, we're unfiltered and, and we don't have the same self-consciousness that we have as adults. But, you know, for adults, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, you just have to, you actually have to open your mouth and start speaking and something will come out. And at first your mind will say, oh, this is so dumb. Like this doesn't make any sense because literally your mind is trying to convince your, your body or your words that, you know, you, you can't understand this. What are you doing? But, and the truth is you can't understand it. But when you just open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit fill it with words and just let it come, let it flow out all of a sudden, you will feel that supernatural connection with the Holy Spirit as you begin to pray. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift of the Spirit. And I love it. I do not feel like someone who has, you know, who speaks in tongues is superior to someone who doesn't. I, I just want to say that because I think sometimes in some church circles, there's this idea that, you know, you're superior somehow. If you do, I don't think it's like that. I think when you give your life to Jesus, you're filled with the Spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit lives and resides in all of us. But I do think it's a beautiful and powerful gift that anybody can have. And I don't believe that God is choosy about, you know, I, I believe anybody can have it. And so I, it's exactly that simple. Yeah. And I love that you even said, like, it doesn't make us superior. It doesn't even mean we're not saved. It really is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's a prayer language. Yeah. And it's activating the power, the supernatural power yeah. within us through our words. Yeah. And it's true, like, when you were talking about as a child, when we think of babies learning to talk, they say whatever comes out of their mouth. And it's, but it develops. And that's exactly like the prayer language. I've heard some people start and it's one word yeah. that they just keep saying just and like it builds. A, a blah, blah. Like just like a, literally a sound. It's not even a yeah. word. You're it's learning a, a language. You're actually, if yeah. you actually picture it, like you yeah. are learning a prayer language. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like one crazy sound. And then others, it's like words all come out. And yeah. I think of our kids talking. We had one friend whose son did not talk for a long time. Yeah. Like three and a half. Three and, and a half. Yeah. And all of a sudden the words just came out like it was all there and it came out like in streams of sentences. Yeah. And I feel like that can even be the diversity of how the gift comes. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's one word. You just keep saying and the language begins to build and some. It just like when I was eight, it just wouldn't stop. I don't even remember what it sounded like. I just knew it was the Holy Spirit. And as children, like you said, we're, we don't think about it. We just let it happen. And as adults, if we can become like a child, like it talks about in the yeah. Bible, become like that childlike faith to say the same faith that I believe that raised Christ from the dead, the same faith that I believe that the word of God is the word of God, that as I open my mouth, I'm going to operate in that same faith to believe that these words, this sound, the Holy Spirit is going to develop. That's exactly what happens. It's a step of faith. To believe and so I love speaking in tongues I love the gift of the Holy Spirit that's so good I love that too so tell us about maybe another one of your supernatural experiences and kind of how how it shaped your life I had a few when I was young but I'm going to slip forward to when I was older and that's when I came to Life Center you know I had a supernatural experience when I was called into ministry and I feel like we'll just we'll talk a little bit more about that and about our call into ministry and things but 
when I went, was about 21 years old, I moved here to Ottawa and we were experiencing revival services. And I think if you've come to Life Center, you might've heard floating around the word 40 days ablaze. It was the same idea. Pastor Barry and Joyce at the time put together these revival services for 40 days. We had guest speakers come in. We had lots of worship. And it really was just to come exactly what we're doing in August to say, God, we're hungry for you. We want to just experience you and all that you are. And that's what we're coming. We're coming with anticipation. And I came for that. You invited me to come. Right. I was taking that's a break. Right. A break from a year of university that had been really stressful. And uh, I was just taking a semester break. And so I came to visit here in Ottawa. And never left. Oh, my gosh. But it really was the first time. I remember the first service I walked through because when we were little, we experienced all these revival experiences at camp, but really never had that in our church circle. And then I went to university, never experienced that again. I actually went to a Baptist church, and it was amazing. And what God did in my life with the word and doctrine and things like that, but not really experienced anything supernatural from that time until I walked through the doors of Life Center. Wow. And that's, I had a beautiful relationship with God, but not, I hadn't experienced anything supernatural. But that service, watching people and experiencing the presence of God, physically feeling the presence of God again, it took me right back to when I was in camp. And that went on, we said 120 days of blaze. Mm -hmm. Those revival services went for 120. That's why my daughter keeps saying 120, 120. Wow. She wants it to come back. But we literally experienced that. And I remember speaking in tongues, but starting to dance in the Holy Spirit. This even sounds so funny to be even talking about it because we don't do that. Like I don't, <laughs> on Sundays, you don't see me twirling. But I remember being on the worship team quickly. Um, well, because I knew you and I knew I was a worship pastor, you know, studying to be a worship pastor in the States. When I came, they had me start just jump into the worship team to be a part of it. I remember one night in particular that the Holy Spirit, I literally felt physically come over my body, meaning that I, it's like I wasn't in control of my body. And if you know me, I'm a very private person and I'm very image conscious. Like I would not do stuff to make myself look silly. Naturally, <laughs> I started twirling around the stage. Laura, you probably remember I was singing in the Holy Spirit, twirling all over the stage with my eyes closed. And I was missing speakers. I wasn't hitting, like I'm talking about the big speakers yeah, yeah, yeah. on the floor. Yeah. I was moving around. My eyes were closed around people, around, and my hands were in the air and I was worshiping like I was in a field. I literally pictured myself, this sounds so like unbelievable now, but it was literally abandonment in worship and my eyes were closed. And I literally felt like my spirit was in a different place and I wasn't even conscious of anything around me and I didn't hit anything. I didn't fall. I didn't bump into anybody. I don't even know how. I was just twirling on the stage. And that was a supernatural encounter for me in worship. And that's pretty, I had spoken in tongues in my prayer life a little bit, but had never sung in the Holy Spirit. Oh. And so at that moment, it's like something activated. I started just singing as loud as I could in the Holy Spirit. And it was like a song in the Spirit. And I was moving around the stage. That was a supernatural wow. experience for me at Life Center. During 40 days of blaze. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, I, I don't specifically remember that. I remember a bunch of other ones that we had that were so crazy, but yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. That is really, really, really powerful. I know for me, um, I had so many moments over those, those days of four, 40 days of blaze or 120 days of blaze too. I just remember, and a couple of them were 
were um, during services like that or during powerful worship moments like that. But a couple of them were also just when we would sit around at the end of the night and usually with the guest speaker, which was so, so wonderful, but it'd be the end of the night and there'd be nobody left. And we'd be, I, I just remember a few times sitting in a circle on the, on the, at the front of the church at the altar. And we'd be sitting and chatting with the, with the guest speaker, talking about what God had done that night, talking about how God was moving. And some of those times were some of the most profound moments, you know, some of the different leaders or speakers would begin to prophesy over us, over a bunch of us, over me. I had a few prophetic words um, that people spoke over my life. And, and when they spoke these words, like they were things that I never, ever, ever saw in myself. They were things that literally in that moment, God was opening my eyes to something in my life that I, I had, it had never crossed my mind. I would have never thought in a million years that God could ever use my life in those ways. And all of a sudden my eyes were open to the possibility of what he could do with my life if my life was yielded to him. And, and I think that it all started for me out of an experience with God um, at the Brownsville revival uh, services. And that was like, we're going like way back into the nineties. Um, but yeah, going down to Pensacola, Florida, not even for the revival itself for a training course for something else. And, and knowing that there was this revival happening and, and I mean, I'd had a relationship with God at the time, but I wouldn't say that I was passionately, you know, on fire or passionately pursuing my relationship with God at that time. And when I went down to Brownsville, I had no intentions of going to the revival, which now that seems so crazy. Like, why wouldn't I want to go and check it out? But I, I didn't, that's not what I was going for. And I, I didn't have any intentions of going, but while we were there, we got invited to go and we thought, okay, well, we, we're not doing anything tonight. We'll go. And, um, it profoundly, profoundly changed my life. Just being in that environment. I remember just, um, during the worship service, just lifting up my hands and, and all of a sudden something came over my physical body. And I felt like, I felt like my feet were planted into the ground, like deep, like deep down like cement cemented into the ground and my hands were up in the air and I just I couldn't move I couldn't I couldn't move even if I wanted to I couldn't put my hands down if I wanted to I felt like literally just something had taken over my body and I was weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping and, and I don't I don't cry or I at least then I never cried and so even just to to be you know, overcome with tears. And I just felt like God put purpose on my life in that moment. Like that's what happened. Like I left there and I realized God had a purpose for my life. And like it profoundly, profoundly changed everything I thought about God, my relationship with God, the Bible, uh, my future, everything shifted in that moment. And I basically just said, yes, I basically just said yes to God. Like whatever you have for me is what I want. And I'll pursue whatever you have for me. And, um, and so that was one of the profoundly supernatural experiences that I've had encounters with God. Um, again, indescribable, you really can't put words to what's happening in that moment. You can kind of only describe around it what's taking place, but, um, yeah, altered the course of my life. Those are really those, like you said, those milestone pivotal moments, aren't they? Yeah. I remember when that happened to you and you called me cause that's when you were inviting me to come but you were, you sounded different on the phone. You were a different person even. Like yeah. it just radically, mm -hmm. it just, the fire of God that you had, that passion for God to pursue him and that purpose. That is beautiful how you just articulated that. Yeah. It awakened like a purpose to see that. Yeah. Well, God had already seen, but just awoken in your life. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It was so crazy because what happened from that time, so we came home, we came back to Ottawa 
and friends of ours were house sitting our house and dog and so they were there and so the first thing that happened was we got home and we began to tell them what happened and um, I remember sitting with my friend on the bed and she she just looked at me she said you need to pray for me right now I want that and I prayed for her and literally everything that happened to me happened to her right there in in the bedroom like it just it just it just began to I don't even know. It just replicated. It just that anointing or that supernatural encounter. It it happened to her. And then we went to church on the Sunday, and um, and uh, Pastor Barry and Joyce, who were the pastors at the time, had asked Jason to go up to the front and just share about what he saw at the Brownsville revival, about what you know what it looked like, and because this was all very exciting of what was happening in the church, and and so he went up and and tried to share and the Holy Spirit fell on him so profoundly he couldn't even speak. He fell to the floor. Um, he had to be carried out of the church. And I mean, again, like this is like, this is insane. And that sort of broke open for our whole church. Um, just, just this, this passionate pursuit of God. So even as I talk about all those stories and then as we prepare to launch some revival services and just, it just intentionally pursue the presence of God in that way. I just, wow, who knows? It's exciting. Who knows? It is so exciting. Yeah. And you can, and it was like having come into it, it was something that nobody was fabricating or trying to be like, like it was authentic the move yeah. in our, in our hearts and life. Yeah. And as quickly as it came, it kind of lifted in a season two, it just yeah. lifted and yeah. we've, and went to a season of faith. And once again, but we are believing for this again. We are yes. believing for yeah. that to happen in people's lives. Yeah. And I'm believing for a fresh touch of God in that in my life too. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I know one of the nights too, when you're talking about Jay falling to the ground, I remember one night too, there was after worship, same thing, after the speaker had spoke, it was late at night, the lights were kind of coming down, a bunch of us were still there because people did not leave. Yeah. Like, I don't think people understand. We were at the church. 12, 1 o'clock in the 12, morning. Yeah, and working the next day. Like, everyone was doing this for 120 days. It was unbelievable. And you could not even wait to get back to church. But it was around 10, probably at night, and the lights were kind of going dim. I think they were trying to think, is this closing? Is it not? And all of a sudden, it just a fresh wave. It was almost like another wave came through. But it was different. People just started falling on their faces, weeping. Wow. And as much as it was, you know, God was doing awakening purpose, doing all these other things in people's lives, it was also this repenting wow. and holy movement of like, God, I want to be all that you've called me to be. Please rid out of me sin. Forgive me, God. It was that both of those things were happening at the same time. This awe and this excitement and this awakening but it was also this holy movement of like, God, I'm undone. I'm in your presence and I'm undone. Like I'm on holy ground. I feel like I'm literally on holy ground and I'm undone. And please just cleanse me. Like Isaiah, I, I, I feel like that. Like I am undone. Yeah. You know, just wash me, make me wet, like clean. And that repentance. And I remember throwing things away to her. Yes. Us purging our houses. Yeah. Going through music, going through books, going through whatever we felt, you know, like, yeah, I just don't just want this. Just unholy in any way. Yeah. It was just an interesting, but yeah. weeping. And I remember yeah. that on my face. None of us could get up. We were yeah. on our faces. Yeah. And the tears for, like, two, three hours, and all you could hear was wailing. And it was wailing in the presence of God. It was sovereign. There was no music. 
There was nobody preaching. There was nobody praying out loud. It was just crying. And uh, I think I was almost carried home that night too. And we had a supernatural experience. When we were, when I, I lived with you and everyone knows that, but I, Jay and Laura were really awesome. <laughs> An extra bedroom would let me live in their house as a roommate when I was about to get married to Jay, my Jay. But, um, you know, coming home that night, I came home and that, that was a night once again, like you talked about you praying for a friend and having that same encounter. We actually, I came home, you guys had left and we actually had the same encounter once again it started all over in our house. Okay, so you need to describe that story because that oh my is goodness the craziest thing. But I mean, but so 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 profound in that moment. So Jason and I are in our bedroom. We're in bed because I think like we had gotten home at ten or ten thirty, whatever. You were behind us, um, and you know, so we were already in bed and you come in the house. Yeah, I think it was like one. It was like twelve or one. It was late. Because I had been at the church overcome by God, bawling my eyes out and repenting. I was actually carried home into my car. Like they had to walk me to the door. I was so overcome and I could not stop crying. Like I was overcome and uh, I was walking up the stairs. And Jay and Lori's house at the time, they were at one side and then they had rented out of my, I had a little bedroom, a little bedroom at the other side, the opposite side. So I was coming up this the set of stairs, and as I came up the stairs, your room was yeah. right there to the right. Yeah. I could see you sitting up in the shadow, like the moonlight. Yeah. You're like, Rhodes, that's my nickname. Rhodes, get in here. Tell us what happened. Come in. And both of you are like sitting up in bed, like, tell us. And I walked into your room, and I just opened my mouth, and the Holy Spirit, we just started. So what it looked like... <laughs> And when we think about it, I've told our daughter, we've told our daughters this story and I've probably told our daughters this numerous times. I don't they, think I've told our kids this story. This is my daughter's favorite story. <laughs> She'll say, tell me again what happened to you and to her Uncle Jay in, in their house again. So I walk into the room and you said, what happened? And I, I remember opening my mouth and the next thing I remember is you were screaming. <laughs> like screaming. It wasn't like, uh, it was like, travailing in prayer you had your knees up you were rocking in the bed and screaming like ah! like that literally <laughs> screaming and it was like it was just coming out of you and it was the presence of god like we were overcome that our bodies were responding to this overcoming spirit of god and i remember jay your jay pastor jay was on his stomach crying out to god and crying and I was standing on the bed and I was hitting Jay's back, prophesying. <laughs> now, what that doesn't look like, you're screaming, rocking. Jay's on his bed, literally on his on his stomach with his hands on the pillow, crying out to God. And I'm standing on the bed with my finger out, yelling, calling out to God, speaking in the tongues, and hitting Jay's back so, and prophesying. I remember, I remember yep. you. I remember you just, you kept hitting his back. You kept like, I don't yeah. think you were hitting him hard, but you yeah. were like, you were just like, so, <laughs> so your, your physically couldn't, no, couldn't contain like what was coming out of you. The words, the, what God was giving you, what God was no. speaking. And you just, you physically had to Get express it, it express yeah. it. And that's what we were all doing. We were physically overcome. And when you explain it, 
if we were to look in, you would think like this is out of this world crazy. Yeah. But would you know when it's in a relationship, it was such a God oh, thing. Because oh, yeah. as soon as it ended, yeah. we all were like, what, what was that? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. But that season changed our lives in yeah. ministry. Oh, yeah. Changed, broke things off us. Yeah. God supernaturally broke, set us free, yeah. transformed us, awakened purpose. Yeah. It was literally yeah, yeah. like a supernatural shakedown yeah. by God. Yeah. I can remember, I have this memory of us in that moment. Like I can remember that. And our. I think it was the fall. I don't remember what time of year it was. I think it was the fall because we had our window open. So our window was open. And I just remember in the moment, just having a quick flash of like, what must this sound like outside? Because it was so loud. It sounded like something terrible was happening, but it was just so powerful and so profound. And so like, we just went into an intercessory, like a spiritual moment that was so deep and profound that we were almost outside of ourselves in that moment as we were moving something. And I, you know, I don't even fully know what, we don't even fully know specifically what happened, but we just know that you know, we responded to what God was doing and it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I love it. And I would welcome any of that, you know, just that, just that hunger and that unabandoned pursuit of God's presence, not caring about what it looks like, not caring about, you know, anything external that's happening, but just being so fixed in on God and his presence and listening and responding. Wow. I know I love it. I think that's why I wanted to share some of those stories today. Yeah. Because we want that same expectation to like, God, we are, you are supernatural. Yeah. And those are amazing encounters with God that we are believing, like you said, Lord, people to have that and for us to experience that again. So I love that. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because even um, an experience, a supernatural experience with God doesn't always look so overt as well. And I know you've probably had many as well. I've had many times where I've had a deeply personal and impactful encounter and experience with God that didn't have the same physicality to it. In fact, it happened very quietly or it happened um, just in an unexpected moment or an unexpected encounter with somebody. Um, There's been moments where it's happened through somebody coming and just praying for me or having a word for me that is just so timely. Um, I can remember one moment particularly that was so impactful for me where I was actually watching something else happen unfold. There was this girl who was receiving ministry at the altar at church after a service one time. And I was sitting across the, um, the room from her and I was just kind of watching this woman minister to her and she was overcome. She was weeping. And I was just, I was staring at her, like staring at her. Like I was hoping she wasn't going to look up because I was rudely staring, you know, in a way you shouldn't, but but I couldn't take my eyes off of her and, and this kind of ministry that was taking place. And all of a sudden, so this woman was had her arm around her um, and was pulling her in really, really close, kind of like a mother would. And I knew they didn't know each other. So I was I was like, wow, she's really being very intimate with her in this moment. And it, I was just watching this unfold. And the next thing I know, she literally pulled this girl up onto her lap and cradled her like a baby. This was a, a woman with another woman. So th- this is like, now I was like, what is happening? Like, this is so uncomfortable. I'm getting more and more uncomfortable watching this very intimate thing happen. And this, this girl is just weeping and weeping and weeping. And I could tell something powerful was happening, but watching it was making me very uncomfortable. But even as I just watched, so, so nothing actually physically was happening to me, but as I watched this encounter, 
I felt the Lord say to me in that moment, that's how much I love you. And that's the kind of relationship I want to have with you. I want you, I want to pull you up onto my lap. I want to cradle you because you're my daughter. And just my own discomfort with love and intimacy and closeness. Um, you know, before that time, I literally had never told anyone except Jason that I love them. I never said those words out loud. I wasn't capable of saying the words, I love you to somebody. And in that moment, God just absolutely outpoured his love on me, gave me a revelation of the depth of his love for me, and it transformed my life. And it wasn't, there was nothing loud happening. There was not, And I was just watching something else. But God spoke to me and met me in that moment. And, and I feel like God does that all the time with us. And those are supernatural encounters with him as well, where we just witness something or he, he quickens something to our spirit. That is a revelation that we didn't have before. And it changes us. It changes who we are. And I love those encounters with God too. They're just as supernatural and they're just as powerful and just as special as any kind of physical, you know, physical expression of the presence of God moving. It's so true because we've we've talked about some of the big, pretty radical out there yeah. experiences. Yeah. But yeah, those intimate ones do happen. Like we look through our lives way more on a constant flow because it's very intimate. Whether you're watching some or a worship song or you're, you all of a sudden get a picture of something. You know, I can remember one time in my like my personal devotion time with God, and I was reading about when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. And then I just went on to continue to watch, to read about um, the woman that Mary Magdalene washed Jesus' feet with her tears and her perfume. And in my devotional time, I felt, I got on my knees and I just <laughs> pretended I was washing Jesus' feet. Yeah. And it is actually in my life, probably one of the most intimate wow. encounters I've had with God. Like you're talking about like a very deep, wow. deep place of of just the the beauty of my love for God. And that wow. moment, it was almost like I went right back to be that person in the Bible. Like I felt that in my personal with God in that moment. In my devotional time, by myself, wow. Jay was away. Like I was by myself in my room. I just thought, I'm going to physically do this. I'm actually going to, I'm going to picture myself. Jesus, you're sitting here and I'm washing your feet. I love you. I want to pour my love out you. And it was exactly like untapping the intimacy in my own life to express and to be able to emotionally attach to Christ in that way, not just in doing, wow. not just in being, you know, serving, but actually in a very intimate love to Christ. And like you're talking about those moments in our lives happen they're just available to us just to enter into. Yeah. But um, when we're talking about some of those overt ones, it can be like that or it can be yeah in that quiet moment. Yeah. So I love that. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. And and I think it's interesting that even for you in that moment, like the physicality of just changing your posture all of a sudden just brought, you know, to life the truth of God's word and what this woman had experienced with Jesus and what Jesus had experienced with her. That, that's so, so beautiful because often I do find there is there is an exchange. There is a posture shift. Sometimes it is actually physical 
that you you have to shift your posture in order to 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 receive that shift or that whatever it is that God wants to do or speak. And sometimes we just get stuck in the same 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 habits, patterns, habits, patterns and you know it is to just be open and listening for God to put on our hearts what it is he, he, he has for us in, in, again, those quiet moments in your own personal devotion life while you're at church worshiping with your church community or, you know, or in those big, those big moments. But often there is actually something physical, you know, whether it is um, lifting your hand in a service to acknowledge, like, I need this, or whether it's walking forward to an altar to say, like, you know, just as a physical act to say, I'm hungry. Like, I'm, I'm desperate for you, God. I'm desperate for you. Like, I, I, I can't, I know I don't have it in myself. I'm desperate. So, you know, some of those, those postures, I think, are really key in cultivating those supernatural experiences in your life. It is, the posture is key, because even in worship, for some, just even that next step may be just even to lift their hands in worship. And that literally is that posture change because we are spirit, soul, mind, and body. So when we step out to do something we don't feel comfortable with or physically we do something that's, you know, a posture change, it really is saying, God, I want you to minister to all areas of my life. And so those supernatural encounters, it's not just the like spirit, soul, mind. When we're reading the Bible, we're allowing it to transform our mind and our spirit and all of that. But it really is tapping into my body is actually worshiping you here. You know, my spirit is coming alive, but emotionally, I want you to go to that place too. That it's not just where, you know, we're singing these words, but you're here. You're physically here. That when I'm lifting my hands, it's like I'm literally touching your, your their feet or whatever it may be or bowing. You know, Surrender. Surrender. Yeah. So I love that posture, but it's welcoming those supernatural moments. And posture change does have a big part of that. It's true. When I think of supernatural encounters with God, my posture has changed. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah. There's a bit Just of even that, thinking yeah. about that. Um, what would you say to somebody who struggles to feel or experience the presence of God? Maybe somebody that would say, like, I've never had an encounter with God. What would you say? What would you say? How do you, how do you, how do you experience it? How do you cultivate it? How do you open yourself up for experiencing the presence of God? That's a, that's a really good question. I feel like the first place to start is, is would be to say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to experience you, like to ask God and the Holy Spirit to help you. Because we, we get in the way of that too. Our mind, our intellect, our pride, all of us, we all are like oh, yeah, that. Yeah. So I think that would be our first step is to ask Holy Spirit. And then, like you talked about, Lord, I think it's a posture change. It was being very intentional to make some of those posture changes. It could be lifting your hands. It could be getting on your face. It could be bowing. It could actually be physically when you're listening to a song, physically doing what the song is saying. Like yeah, actually, I right. kneel before you. I bow before so you. Yeah. And I think you start with that and, you know, just continually ask God to help you to feel and to experience God in those places, not just in the mind, not just through the word, not, but to physically experience emotionally those moments of the presence of God is really important. And I think it looks different for everybody. Like you said, some may become very radical and out there. And most of the time it's in those, those quieter moments. But for some, it, it could be by watching something, like you said, that story exactly. And something just unleashes in our life. And all of a sudden there's a whole new way of approaching prayer, a whole new way of approaching God and chains are set free. But just to ask first off, God, is there anything 
that's preventing me from doing this, please break that off my life and set me free. And Holy Spirit, help me. Just yeah. help me. Yeah, I love. I do love that. That word freedom comes to mind because I do think that just just in life, like we're we don't even realize how held back we are by our own. Um, like just cultural norms, fears of, you know, doing something that doesn't fit with what is ex normally expected, or, you know, we also don't want to draw attention to ourselves, or we don't want to, and, and I don't think we should, I mean, I don't, I don't think we should like go overtly, you know, because, because it is distracting and all of that. But there is this place, though, of, of freedom, where, yeah, like, if we, if there's a desire for something more and, and and you feel this sense of like desperation or hunger yeah like kneel down wherever you are lie on the floor wherever you are like let do do something that like begins to physically uh, manifest this desire that's that's in your heart and in your soul i also just think though it's important that if you know if you're somebody who doesn't experience kind of the flutters of the presence of God or just even the physical sense of the presence, the moving of the presence of God, whether that be overcoming, being overcome by tears or having a physical reaction of some sort. Like there's not necessarily something wrong with you. Yes. We're no. all so different. Like we That's are right. all so different. And, you know, for some, it could be intellectual. Like it could be that God, when God speaks to you, he stimulates your mind in such a way that, you know, he brings freedom and he brings revelation and it comes through literally an intellectual, um, you know, a, a fresh understanding or revelation that comes and all of a sudden you are changed. You are different. And it comes in that way. It's not so much emotional or physical. It's not always, you know, and I think God does speak to us, you know, the way he's wired us too. I think he has created us the way he's created us. So I don't think we have to be like somebody else, but I believe with all of my heart that God is moving on all of his children. Like he wants to reveal and show his presence and pour out his presence on all man, on every, on everyone. Like he's not choosing, you know, to, to do it to one over somebody else because he likes them better or because somehow they're superior or somehow they're more godly or more this or more that. I think he wants to reveal himself equally to all of us. And he does it in unique ways um, in how we're wired. But I do think there is something in the pursuit, in kind of the reckless abandonment. And sometimes we do just have to lay aside our own barriers, like the our own limitations that we're, that we're placing up and just like, okay. Like I'm all in. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. This isn't normal. I'm, I'm really uncomfortable, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna jump in with both my feet. I love that. It's mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. I think culturally too, like you said, Laura. Some cultures, I feel like they naturally can respond much easier. But our culture, so we do suppress a lot of a emotion. Re reserved, eh? Yeah, we're reserved. We don't want to draw any attention, which is a beautiful thing. I'm not taking away from that, but I feel like we have to learn from that. That sometimes we don't allow ourselves to be abandoned to God because those are in our culture we're taught from very young like to you know put it together you're going to be fine like don't don't make a scene and sometimes God wants to make a scene God wants to make a scene and are we willing yeah. to sometimes he doesn't but I think it's a, a matter of you saying we're all unique but God wants to move on all of us and he is moving and it's us just responding that's really what it is it's not a matter of saying God please please his heart is that we would experience him in the fullness of who he is and always in our hearts, but it's us responding and letting go and being free. Yeah. So, so I'm ready. I, I'm ready for revival oh services. I'm coming. 
ready. I want, I want it again. So much anticipation too. I think it is going to be, it's, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. You're going to want to put it on your calendars, the end of August at Life Center in Ottawa, Canada. You're going to want to be there. It's going to be, it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. God, God's, God's moving. He's already moving. And I'm in awe. Like I'm in awe of what's happening every single Sunday at Life Center. I'm in awe of what he's doing in small groups and in one-on-one conversations. And like, it's, it's profound. It's honestly, it's truly, truly profound. So yeah, three, well, five, five days set apart to just seek his face. It's going to be great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, this has been, we could talk about the supernatural on and on and on. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But as we go today, you know, we want to remind you that there is more in you than you could possibly realize. And that you are worthy of love. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at laurieitesboucher and rhonda.corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most. Such a controversial side to it. Like what? What do you mean? Like in what way? Like just... Well, like people, you know... Not understanding or... Not understanding. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like not understanding or being like, oh, that's a little crazy. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want that to happen to me. That's so crazy. Right. Right. I know. Oh yeah. Some of it is so crazy. It's, yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, it was crazy. Like it's We even talk about us credit shopping. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I know. You and I would never do that. I know. I know. It, it was. was. But it was so God. When it's yeah. God, there's, yeah. it's so awesome. I think it's so cool too though. Because um, I know even the youth over the last like year, yeah, year, like year, year and a half, like they've been experiencing those kinds of things yeah. in like at retreats. Yes. Like, do you remember that one lit day that they just put on a song and then it, it just ended up being three hours of and like... And people were running all over the place, and running, falling. And yeah, like just like their physical bodies were actually reacting to like the presence of God. But our kids have never seen it either. Like, they've never seen it. Like, this happened when we were in our 20s. We didn't have kids then. Are you taping this? No. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I love, look at you laughing. You're, I totally went off there. But no, I love that you're sharing this. So I was like, I want, we need to have this for people to hear. Good. I'm glad you're taping it. <laughs> After the conversation. <laughs> conversation. This is how real we are. We don't even know when each other's taping each other. Uh-oh. And you're always being recorded. Like yeah, that. great. <laughs> Great. Um, but yeah, like just they like they've never seen it either. They've never seen it. Like I know we've told them small stories, and I know your kids, you've told your kids a lot of stories, like my mine not as much, but they they haven't they haven't seen it. Now they're experiencing it from things like the upper room video like on YouTube on YouTube. So they they love the upper room on YouTube, which yeah. is really just like worship, elongated worship and just like flowing with the Holy Spirit wherever the Holy Spirit leads. And so they're watching this and they're, there's like this massive drawing towards it. They, they love it. My kids will literally put the upper room on the main TV in the house and sit in the living room and they just, they just worship. Yeah. They just worship. Like they just let like the presence of God overtake them. Like it's, it's amazing. But again, nobody's ever shown them this. No. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know the upper room existed. Like they found it and yes, they you know did. What I, mean? I had never even heard of it either. either. No. And they love it. And it's not like they're watching because the upper room, people are very expressive on it Very. and they're not watching like, Oh, this is weird. They're like, Oh, would this happen here? Could we have such a place that we're just like, people are so on fire. They're actually associating it. 
not with like, this is crazy and weird with like, these people are reckless and abandoned passionate for God, which is a real God thing. Like you're realizing this is, it's so cool. Yeah. They're pushing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when that one retreat we talked about and kids came home slain in the spirit. They didn't even know how to explain that it was slain in the spirit. And I was like, I haven't even had a reason to tell them what slain the spirit was because we haven't seen anyone slain the spirit in so long. Yeah. But they were coming home saying like, mom, like we fell down and yeah. we couldn't get yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Like we felt like there was someone pushing us down. And yeah. I, I'm like, you were slain. That's what we called slain in the spirit. Like you're slain. Like yeah, you're, you're just, you're out. You're, you're out. out. You fall out. Yeah. You can't get up. You're out yeah. of control. Yeah. Yeah. And this was like, they haven't seen it. So no, no. Like and we those had moments, those moments are transforming their lives. Yeah. Like, you know, I know, you know, my, my kids have had those moments like where literally like they didn't, when they got up off the floor after several hours, <laughs> they were not the same yeah. people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know yeah. you're, you're yours too. Like they literally were not the same people when they yeah. went to that retreat or that service or that. Yeah. So it is happening. Like I say that just to say it's happening. Yeah. And so like our prayer really is Holy Spirit, like just move, like move. Would you have your way and just help us to get out of the way, help us to yield to the fullness of what you're doing. Cause we want that for everyone. Cause this is the thing about an an encounter with God, like an encounter with the supernatural is that nobody can take that away from you. When you encounter the supernatural presence of God, like it's different than just learning something in your mind. It's different than just like understanding something. There's there's this experiential nature that absolutely, no matter what comes your way, you can go back to knowing that this happened to me. I experienced this. I encountered this. It's intimate. It's personal. It's between me and God. I can't even describe to you the fullness of what it is. I can only describe what happened around it because it's so deep and so real. No one can take that from you. And so it's an anchor. It becomes this anchor in your faith journey. Mm-hmm. Don't you find? Oh, I, I like how you said that though. It's true because it's, you can't even reason it. No. And there's nothing about it that you can say it even made sense or it was anything that you would have ever done, but you cannot deny how real it was. It was probably one of the most real things you've experienced. Yeah. Like one of the most, like there is nothing even closer to that because it's, it's so deep in your spirit. It's not physical, just physical. It's all of it. Yeah. It's everything that only yeah. God could do. And yeah. you're right. You can't even and deny it. And it cuts through all the guards. All of it. It cuts through all of the things that are kind of in the way of yeah. us truly listening and hearing from God. Like it cuts through all of that. And all of a sudden you just get pulled into this space. And and it's so weird because often I, I find in those moments, like you are aware of what's happening around you, but you're not. So it's both. Yeah. So it's not like you can't hear what's like you can... You're, there's an awareness that you are where you are, but you're so engrossed in what's happening and what God is doing and speaking and what's kind of happening to you that you're not. Like, mm-hmm. it's both. Mm-hmm. And it's such a weird thing. And you're free. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're actually yeah. free. You're not even filtering like yeah. what's happening. It's yeah. not like you're going through like, oh, does this make sense? It's like a pure download. Right. And it's right. like you're out of the way. Like you right. said, it's literally like it breaks down all of it and yeah. you're lost. You're kind of yeah. lost in what God is doing in that moment. You're yeah. you're not lost. You're absorbed into what yeah, he's actually yeah, doing. Yeah. yeah. And oh, it's the most real thing that you can ever experience. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you say it, like our kids have been changed, we've been changed from it. 
even my daughter, like, well, V will say, mom, that was the old V. I'm a new V. Like that was the old V. And it actually is like the clock restarted. She relates to herself as the old V before that encounter with God. And I feel in my own life, those were the same things. Like we can actually see like it completely restarted something like it altered, altered everything. Yeah. Like old, new. Yeah. 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 Like what God says in the Bible, he'll make all things new. Yeah. It literally was yeah. like the old shed, yeah. gone, yeah. new. Well, transformative. Honor, like honestly, like when you had that encounter with God when you were nine years old, like I remember, like I remember it. We were, we were best friends at the time. I remember, but like even in my own memory, childhood memory, like you changed as a person, like mm-hmm. that exact description of what you're saying, old, new, you became the person that you are today mm-hmm. after that encounter. Yeah. The person you were before that was completely different person. Yeah. And I know we joke all the time about how you were like this, like cranky, you know, like sore Diva. loser. You were, you know, you were super competitive and would like, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't as nice. No, Laura, I wasn't. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to say that, but you were. It's the truth. You're a truth teller. It's all good. I know. I'm... Like you were a little stinker. I was a stinker. Stinker, like you would tell me lying stories all the time. You make up stories, and you, I thought they were true. Like you were a little stinker, but like you literally changed. Like I watched it. Yeah. You changed. Something fell off you, and something came on you, yeah. and you became this person. And you've been this person that you've been that whole like this whole time. Yeah. Like you just all of the sudden had a heart for people. You had a heart, like your heart to encourage, your heart to bring life, your heart to see gold in everyone. It just happened. I mean, literally it happened. And I know it developed over time. I'm not saying, but it literally was an old and new transformation. These counters are that. It's literally supernatural transformative moments. Like you too. Same thing happened to me too. I wasn't. You just, oh, you became this leader. Like it was like always there. You had kind of been in the shadows. But no. Passive. And all of a sudden I was like, boom, you just took that. And you used to say to me all the time, who are you? Like you are so different. You used to say to me all the time, like I don't even recognize you. Yeah. You would say that to me all the time. You are, you are a completely different person as you as a kid. Because I was a, I was just like a, like a follower. I was a follower as a kid. Like I was just go with the flow. I didn't want to rock the boat. Want to keep everybody happy. I just like I was not an influencer. I was not a leader. I was I wasn't, and I never saw myself that way. And I was fine with that too. Like I didn't. I wasn't looking to be that. But something like it. It was. It was an on off. It was an old and new. Yeah. So that's probably the best way to encounter and and describe an encounter with God. Old new. It really is like that. It. Things like, yeah, you have a journey to work out freedom and all that in your life, but it really does things like it accelerates this. Yes. Like whatever you've been, whatever we were struggling with or having to work through, it was like in that moment, it just redefined it. Like redefined us and shed it. It was gone. It was just gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it changed our lives. Yeah. We didn't even talk about our four day fast. No, I know. Oh I my know. goodness. I know. That I've never been able to do since. That was 40 crazy. days. 40 days. And all these people in our church doing these 40 day fasts. Yeah. It was happening everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, and that fast changed my life too. Oh, me too. Like, me I too. don't even know if I know how much. I, I know oh. I don't know how much it changed oh my, my life. Well, I got, I was set free from things in that fast that I wasn't even praying to be set. I didn't even know I needed to be set free from. That's how profound it was. Like, I didn't even know that. I, I needed freedom in some different areas of my life, but God, God changed our finances. How, how weird. 
he totally, totally set us free from a spending issue that we had. Like, I mean, really, it was almost like, you know what? Actually, I've never thought of this, but it was almost like before the fast, I was a gluttonous person. It was just more, 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 more overspend, overeat, overindulge, over anything, over people, over like everything. Everything was like an indulgent lifestyle. And was like after the fast, all of those overindulgences in my life, all of them, every single one were, were gone. Like I was set free from overindulgence. I think that's actually, I've never thought about it specifically because I've always thought about the specific things I, that changed, but that's what it is. I'm not going to the Enneagram, but isn't the Enneagram like, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember you for, telling me that. For not the, that I'm yeah. trying to pull that in No, there, no, but, no, no, but for the seven, yeah, yeah. That's, think that's about the, that. That's the, that's yeah. the sin or whatever. That's the, the tendency is the gluttony is the, the overindulgence. And I would say that before that time, yeah, that was after it. I, I overindulged in whatever I did. Anything I did, I overindulged in it. Like it was always more, more, more. And from that time, like, and I, I would consider myself like a fairly disciplined person. Since that time, like I'm not an overindulgent person. I mean, yeah. I can still be overindulgent in some things. I'm still like all in if I'm in. Like I, I don't, yeah, I don't do yeah. anything halfway. Like I love, uh, but but not in unhealthy, not in these unhealthy ways. It's interesting before. to think about, eh? It is. Well, when you Things think about that, well, I think three is deceit. Okay, and I was a little liar when I was a kid. Yeah, I know you were a liar. <laughs> you were such a liar. I was such a liar. Why would I lie like you that? You just made up stories. All they the were time. so good. I know our stories were really good. Yeah, but when I had an encounter with God, that really did change. Like I, I didn't lie like I did. When I, that's one of the things of my interesting. Think, that's really we're not trying to get into enneagram here, but <laughs> it's kind of wild. That is interesting. But, think, yeah. but the fasting, like you know what, that might be a really cool podcast to do about fasting. Yeah, yeah. We Why fast? Have a full, and full watch God's going to call me now. To I find fasting really hard. I love it. I know you love it. I love I probably should, like, I need to embrace that. That's probably a growth area. Now that we're talking about it, oh, I know it's probably going to happen. God's going to put his finger on it. But, no, I have fasted, but I find it hard. Yeah. But to do a 40-day fast, I still can't even believe that I did a 40-day fast. And it was supernatural how we did it. Yeah. And then we both started fasting at the same time without knowing. Yeah. Amazing. 